Hey, Sam. Oh, no. Did you do it again? No. The most terrible thing that's ever happened to me while opening a beer just happened. Oh, no. So, um, the can's a little dented around the rim. <laughs> and so I go to open it and hold it up like, I'm going to make this awesome noise. And it just, like, cracks open, like, maybe a quarter of, like, the, the lid thingy, the lip. So so I just push the rest in with my finger. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was just, like, so devastated. <laughs> well, what did you just open over there? <laughs> so I opened a Dragon Death by Big Lake Brewing in Holland, Michigan. It is a New England-style IPA. And it says that it is a complex New England IPA best drank on Sunday nights in April and May, which means they couldn't get licensing for Game of Thrones branding or didn't want to pay for that. (laughs) But it's clearly encouraging me to drink this. And since, you know, for anybody that does watch it, this is not a spoiler. People are going to die tonight. A lot of people are probably going to die tonight. And it's an hour and a half long, and it is the longest fight scene in TV and movie history that's going to happen tonight. And so at the office, like all of our my friends are like we we get like taking bets on like who's going to die. <laughs> so we all have like a top three, and then one that would be super shocking. So I thought it was appropriate um, to drink something dragon related, and a dragon better not die today. Or I'm going to be pretty mad. Oh. Is there a dragon that's like a main character? Um, There are technically three dragons. Oh, okay. And I won't spoil it just because I know a lot of people haven't seen it yet. And I don't want to spoil it for you. But, yeah, if you ever watch it, um, yeah, there are you'll understand. Okay. This, this can art will make a lot more sense okay. if you know what's going on. <laughs> um. But it, it's a little hoppy. I'm not a huge, like, IPA fan, but this one is, like, crisp enough and kind of citrusy enough that it cancels the over-hoppiness out. Oh, so it's good. good pick. But what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking another one of the beers that you brought from Michigan. You, you've taken care of, like, all of my fun beer <laughs> needs for the podcast for I don't know how many weeks it's been, but it's been a lot. <laughs> A few. (laughs) And this is the um, Elk Brewing Blueberry Cucumber Goza. Ooh. Yeah. So it's a tart sour ale that's brewed with coriander and fresh fruit. And what do we think? This one has a little too much cucumber for my taste. Confession. I opened that one on Friday. Yeah. And I took a few sips and then dumped it out. Okay, good. (laughs) But I couldn't remember if, like, you had tried that one or not. Uh, Nope, I hadn't tried this one yet. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was funny. When I poured it out, I looked at the color, and it's like an orange color. Oh, that's funny. I don't know if you poured it into a glass, but it's like orange. (laughs) And I'm like, that's a strange color for a blueberry cucumber <laughs> beer i was expecting it to be like a little more clear or maybe right. like the color of beer 
I don't know, call me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I was concerned that maybe something had gone wrong with it. So I like gave it the sniff test to check to see if I smelled any of those like, you know, common off flavors because sours and gozas, they can, they tend to go bad sooner than some other types of beer. Mm-hmm. So you have to really watch out for like those baby sick or baby vomit smells or anything oh. that would like indicate that the yeast, you know, like kind of overdid it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't smell any of that or taste any of that, but it still doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. You got one dud. <laughs> they can't all be winners, right? I mean, that's just welcome to beer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, even breweries know that they can't all be winners. And you know what? Just because I am not a big fan of this beer doesn't mean that someone else doesn't absolutely love it. So. Exactly. Yeah, we all have different taste buds. Exactly. So this might be exactly what they were going for. It just isn't for me. And that's okay. Welcome to We Drink and We Find yeah. Things. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bev over there. And that's Sam over there. And this is the Farm Comedy Podcast that is an adult happy hour for your ears. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. Yes, and we want to create a community for farmers, whether you have a hobby-sized farm or a huge farm, to come listen and feel like you're not so alone in this farm thing. We keep it real with you and find humor in the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related. Yes, and sometimes we put tangents up on the Patreon for you to listen to. You know, sometimes we go off in the middle of an episode and maybe it doesn't sit right in the episode, but we still think you might want to hear it. So if you go to patreon.com slash drink and farm, you can go check those out. Yeah, and we have some fun, exclusive recordings and pictures and other neat stuff up there. So think about joining the Patreon peeps and getting to listen to all that neat stuff. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon, this week's drinks are sponsored by Montana Coombs at Thimbleworks. And you can go to thimbleworks.co and save 10% when you check out using the code Drink and Farm. She's got all kinds of fun stuff up there like shirts and cute tank tops and hen saddles chicken tutus like holy crap you can it's like (laughs) it's like a version of target for me just (laughs) on the internet so go check it out i almost said like farget you know like farm target and then realized that that was a really (laughs) shitty combination of words and then i was like you know what let's just say it anyways (laughs) we'll just own it So we don't have any corrections this week, but we do have some follow-up. Yay, follow-up. Yeah, we got quite a bit this week. Yeah, we do. So uh, I realized while I was editing last week's episode that we forgot to talk about what the coolest part of the cross coloration that is on the donkey's dorsal and um, shoulders, you know, that makes the cross pattern. We talked about it last week, um, about the religious and pop culture and scientific thoughts behind it. Well, so all donkeys have that marking because even if you sh- if, even if the coloring doesn't show up on their fur, if you shaved a donkey, you would see that coloring on their skin. And we forgot to talk about that. 
So I thought we should share it because it's neat. That is neat. I think it's so fun. And I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation last week. Yeah, I hope so, too. I was doing a little more research and it turns out that like donkeys have some uh, like they show up in lots of other different religions and have a lot of different like other religious and cultural connotations. And I thought about trying to like composite that for this week or compile that and I composite. That's not the right word. <laughs> Words. Uh, and I was like, nope, that looks like too much work for this week. But maybe sometime in the future, if people liked it and they're interested, we could do some more of that. Maybe so. we should start typing up show notes for next Easter. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like a whole year in advance. We'll be so yes. on top of it. So prepared. <laughs> the most organized drinking and farming podcast out there. Yes. You're welcome. Also, um, I have a little follow up. We talked about on episode 56, Mood Lighting Isn't Just for Humans, about how to go about breeding your rabbits um, and what to do when they arrive. Uh, And I'm happy to announce that Rosé had five baby bunnies. Yeah, they're so cute. And it's so funny because I went out there that morning around like eight. There was nothing. I went back out at noon and then boom, babies. So she knows my routine. She's like, I'm not going to give birth in front of you. Hell no. And then so... She just did it when she knew I wouldn't be in there. Smart little <laughs> little bun bun. But, um, she is protective AF, though. Um, I went to, like, go move the, the little nest because what they do is they, they pull a bunch of fur out of their chest um, to help make the nesting material to keep them warm. So I went to kind of move it, and I was trying to get a count. And she, like, charged across the pen at my hand and tried to bite me um so i waited about 12 hours before well it's probably less than 12 hours probably like nine hours before i tried again and then i had matt with me so we could you know one of us could watch her and the other one could watch the babies so super exciting she's a good first time little mama and um vino is still holding out on us and i'm starting to think that maybe she faked her pregnancy a little bit um she made a nest like Two weeks after um, the initial contact with Pino. And um, that's a little abnormal. Usually they don't do that until like a couple days before they're going to give birth. So (laughs) I think that's a sign of false pregnancy. She's like, don't put me back in there with him. (laughs) She's like, I know I'm supposed to do this. I can't remember when. So here, (laughs) I made this for some reason. Well, the last time that she was pregnant, um, I don't think she knew she was pregnant. Oh, that's right. I remember that. That was like she had the babies and then she got knocked up right after. Yeah. And then she had them again. And I mean, neither of us knew she was pregnant. And she was like furiously like ripping fur out as she's giving birth. Oh. So I'm just kind of checking every time I go out there right now. But. She might have faked it. So she might have to go back in with Pino Aww. or Coco. But we'll see. Well, that's awesome. Congrats on more bunnies. Yeah. And then our last bit of follow-up today is that Michigan has started accepting hemp farming applications. 
Woohoo! Yeah, go Michigan. It feels a little like late though, considering that planting season's coming up. But if you have been with us since episode forty-one, um, in the in the episode titled "Pinky Swear No Promises," um, which it's so funny looking back at these titles because I have no idea what where it came from, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> um, but we covered like what was in the farm bill and some of the interesting things that came out of that. And one of them was the legalization um, of hemp farming and taking it out of the classification of a drug, um, which means that people can grow hemp. So last week, Michigan began accepting applications from farmers who want to be some of the first to get licenses to grow it. So it's very exciting and it will cost farmers a hundred dollars for the license if they want to process the plants as well, though, that is $1,350. Ooh. Cutching. So um, they're saying that these co- these are apparently lower costs. I didn't do any research on what other licenses would be, but they're saying this is a way that they can test out the waters to see if it's financially stable for them moving forward. Um, but before you know it, Michigan farms could be very, very lush with hemp. Um, as I mentioned, it's kind of a time crutch because it's basically May now, as we're recording, it will be May when this drops and you have to plant hemp in between May 15th and June 1st. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and in this one article, they interviewed, um, this guy, his last name is Brown. <laughs> so we'll call him Mr. Brown, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Brown is yeah. Mr. Green. <laughs> Um, and he's got a research license through the state of Kentucky. So he's been farming hemp for about a decade. So he knows his stuff. Um, and he said that it can actually bring in a lot of money for otherwise struggling farmers. And he was quoted saying, even if we are getting $5,000 an acre, which is what I got last time I did a commercial production. If that was the case, we would be significantly higher than the $600 an acre for soybeans and $1,200 an acre uh, for corn. So oh, I'm glad that there was a quote for that because I remember during that episode, we weren't really sure what the going rate was for a yeah. big crop. So we didn't know whether hemp was really like profitable that much more not. profitable. Yeah. Yeah. He also said, who in their right mind would want to grow corn or soybean when you can grow illegal crop hemp? Um, and as we mentioned in that previous episode, um, there are like many things you can get from hemp. So CBD oils to textiles to plastics. So it's a very versatile crop. I would imagine though, if like Michigan did become very lush, lush with um, hemp fields, that the the price per acre would probably go down a little bit, uh, but probably not to like $600 an acre. Yeah. Well, and it's important to point out again that the one thing that you can't grow from hemp is like actual like THC or marijuana that is what gets you high yeah and I think I saw in another article too that any hemp that had over 0.03 percent THC in it would be destroyed by law okay Um, so that's how Michigan's allegedly going to do it but um another article I read did point out that Michigan's program is pretty restrictive And while the 2018 federal farm bill authorizes commercial production and processing of the crop, the USDA is yet to put guidelines in place. 
and each state will need to submit a plan before proceeding. So Michigan's actually um, operating under provisions of the 2014 Farm Bill right now. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of allowing them to pilot things for farmers to explore if it's something they actually want to do um, before, like, they actually have to buckle down and Michigan's got to get their shit together and submit their paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was cool that at least Michigan's trying to do something, like, that can help farmers find a different way if what they're doing right now isn't working. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, maybe this is uh, an opportunity for farmers. So, like, you know, maybe they have their contract with whatever company it is that they send their corn or their soybeans to. But maybe they can cut that back a little bit and dedicate a little bit of acreage to hemp and then have another crop that is available. So, you know, like if the weather or pests take out one, they still have the other, or maybe it could be something that like helps make their farm more profitable. If what they're growing isn't currently working out, like it just, it allows a little more diversity, I guess. Yeah. And I think that approach is actually a really good idea because that Mr. Brown dude, he actually said he would advise people to be pretty conservative when he's, when they're making these decisions about how much seed to buy and how many acres to do this year. Because there's not very many processors. And even the people with processor licenses, they might not even have the infrastructure set up yet. So you can grow all you want, but you could just be, you know, sitting on it, essentially. Yeah. So it's kind of a timing (laughs) thing, too. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So $5,000 an acre sounds really sweet, but you want to make sure you got all your ducks in a row before you dive in to something new, I guess. Fair enough. How are grublies from Grubbly Farms superior to mealworms? Oh, let us count the ways. Traditional mealworms are actually darkling beetle larvae. And while it may bring all the hens to the yard, grublies, black soldier fly grubs have far superior nutritional benefits. Grublies have 50 times more calcium than mealworms. And the calcium to phosphorus ratio is 3 to 1, while in mealworms, it's only 2 to 1. That means that your hens and roos are absorbing all the nutritional goodies and not just passing it through their systems, turning it into expensive fertilizer. Black soldier fly grubs are now officially approved for chicken feed by the FDA and mealworms are not. And grublies are born, bred, and regulated in the good old USA, which has much stricter food safety laws than China, where most mealworm treats come from. So give your flock a treat you can feel good about, Grublies. Go to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 at checkout to get 15% off your first order or your first subscription run. So Herc was successfully gelded yesterday. Hooray! I bet you're glad that that's done. Yeah, I'm super glad that that's done because now... I'm not waiting for it anymore because, you know, like waiting is always the worst part for like Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And also just like now we get to move forward with all of his awesome training things that we're talking about doing. So no more delay. But uh, in all seriousness, can we take back episodes? Because I really want to take back that episode where we talked about how scary and awful donkey (laughs) gelding was. (laughs) God, I wish I would have uh, looked up what number it was so that I could tell people I wasn't as organized as you were. But it yeah. wasn't nearly as like terrifying as, and scary as what the research told me it was. 
So hopefully anybody that was scared off from it will get to hear this episode and not be scared off from it anymore. <laughs> lessons learned. <laughs> yes, we can add that to the lessons learned pile. It's one yes. of those ones where real life is just not as terrifying as the internet tells you that it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so h- how did it go then? Uh, it was a total breeze. Like the vet was here for 30 minutes max. And that oh, includes dang. the time it took for him to drive up our driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes a few. It yeah. It takes a little bit. <laughs> and it was really interesting. He just performed the procedure right in the grass next to the concrete pad that's in front of the garages. So mm. like, you know, we didn't have to do anything fancy. We just had to get him, you know, like injected with the stuff to make him fall asleep and lay him down and do the deed yeah so it was <laughs> really easy really dirty well not that deed like the, the opposite <laughs> deed if there was an opposite deed this would be it <laughs> yeah um and it was super convenient the reason why he picked that spot like to do it in is because he had like all of his tools and his stuff all lined up on the tailgate of his truck this is a farm vet we're talking about so they don't do like fancy vet things so uh-huh. everything's very like set up for the farm and like big farm animals so it was, it was a neat experience for us because we had, had never had that even the goats we like take to the vet so because right. you know they're they're like pocket size so you can take them places herc herc is not herc is no. the opposite of pocket size even though he's called a mini <laughs> yes but he was such a good boy he made it so easy it was funny i was I was kind of feeling a little guilty when I went over to go get him because I was saying I've, I've been teaching him walk. So what I do to train him walk is I say the word walk and then I start walking and I I keep my hands like really close up under his chin and I just kind of gently pull to lead him to start walking and he starts walking. And as soon as he starts walking, I make a big deal out of it. I tell him how awesome he's doing. I give him a tree and we just like keep walking. That's what we do over and over again. Well, okay. I said walk and he just like walked with me to the vet. Aww. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're doing so good. The training is paying off. Aww. Here's the vet. <laughs> Here's your reward. No more balls for you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, and he even held still for him, like, while he did the injections of the sleepy juice. I should have asked him what exactly it was that they used uh, for them, but it it basically, it was like general anesthesia, but he never fell, like, fully asleep, if that makes any sense. Okay. Or, I mean, maybe he did, but his eyes were open the whole time, which was a little creepy, but... <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah. Um, but he, he got two doses of this, of the stuff that they use to, to anesthetize them. And then the vet tried to, I guess he like wraps a big rope around him and then wraps up his kicker leg because, you know, the vet doesn't want to get kicked in the head while he's working on him. Plus it helps like expose the area. If you're imagining a donkey laid out on its side, like in order to get to his balls to remove them, you know, you got to like spread the legs out a little bit. So the vet was trying to get that, get him all tied up for that. And I guess he wasn't out enough because he kicked the vet right in the shin. Ooh, (laughs) ouch. Yeah. And then started trying to run. 
which I was not prepared for because I didn't realize that the vet was trying to like do something to him. So, you know, like I'm in front of him on my, I'm on my knees when I'm at his level and I'm talking to him and I'm just like petting him in the face and then he kicks the vet and starts running. And I'm like, oh my God, if I don't get him under control, he's totally going to kick me while he runs by, like, you know, so that he can get away. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a little (laughs) intense, (laughs) but I did, I got him. Like I just pulled really hard. I just pulled down really hard on his head. And when I pulled his head back that direction, like he can't move forward anymore because there's nowhere to go. So luckily I I had that part under control. (laughs) (laughs) The vet seemed a little annoyed, but you know, uh, it was kind of his own fault. So (laughs) yeah, just a little. (laughs) And so, uh, Herc had to get a third dose of the, um, anesthesia yeah or is that the right word for it yeah yeah we'll call it that you know what I'm trying to say the sleepy juice the sleepy juice yeah so I didn't actually get to watch the procedure very well because I spent the whole time holding that leg back that needs to be kept up out of the way and even though Herc seemed like he was out and he wasn't feeling anything I was still gripping it pretty tight because I did not want to be the reason the vet got kicked in the head <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. <laughs> yeah. So, but my husband got to watch it and he said it was so ridiculously fast. Like you could hardly tell that he was doing anything. Like it was, it was a slit. Um, he put the, the, you know, like it's not a crusher, but you talked about like those nut crushers that they use on some farm animals. Yeah. It wasn't a crusher, but it was like a clamp that just like clamped them both and then cut and pulled them both out at the same oh, time. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe he did them one at a time. I'm not really sure because I didn't actually get to see it. Um, But then the vet tied up the arteries, you know, that tend to bleed really heavily. Mm -hmm. And then he just like he didn't really I don't know if he sewed him up or not. It didn't look like it. It must have been such a small incision that he didn't have to. Oh, you know what? No, I remember we asked him about whether or not he was going to like suture it up. And he said, no, you have to let it drain because otherwise like the swelling will get too intense and then none of the fluid can drain out. So he said, no, he doesn't sew it so that the swelling can stay down and the fluid that that builds up can drain out. But he did give him a tetanus shot. And he gave him an antibiotic shot and he sprayed the whole area down with like a like a disinfectant or like in, you know, an antibacterial. Okay. So that he didn't end up with, you know, like any weird bugs or germs or diseases because of the open wounds. And then we just rolled him up into a sitting position and we spent about an hour kind of getting him like back to the vet was like long gone by that time. The vet just like helped us roll him up and was like, all right, he looks good. I'm out. (laughs) We're like, easy okay. peasy. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it was easy. He stood up when he was ready. He was super out of it. Like he was walking kind of like cross-legged and we were like, whoa, whoa, buddy. We can't have you like falling and hurting yourself. So <laughs> let's stand still for a little while and then we'll try again in five minutes. And once he like recovered and kind of seemed like himself when he was taking treats and he was following me, we put him back in with the goats and that's where he's been ever since. And he's been totally fine. The end. Yeah. But not really. <laughs> yeah. It's more like the beautiful beginning of a more tame Hercules mulligan. Yeah. The vet said that the wound will heal up in about a week. And that in about three weeks, all the hormones will be run through his body. And it'll be like he was never a jack. So. Aww. 
there we go. That'll be interesting to see how quick you actually notice it. Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out. I haven't really gotten to go out there and spend too much time with him today because we have a lot of stuff that we're kind of working on. Mm -hmm. Um, But this week, I'm hoping to spend a little more time working with him and seeing if if I start to notice a difference or not. Um, You know, I'm expecting in three weeks, but if I see it even sooner, I mean, that'll be awesome. (laughs) Heck yeah. And uh, I did ask the vet if there was like any aftercare instructions that I needed or if there was anything that I could do. Like if he started bleeding profusely or anything and he just looked at me and he's like, no, if he starts bleeding profusely, there is nothing you can do. Uh And I was like, oh, that's kind of scary. But then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, like I had we had to tie his kicker foot up (laughs) so that the vet could get down there. Like if that wound needed any care, we could never get down there to give him care like because we don't have the stuff to knock him out first to tie him up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but I guess they're just expecting that they recover from it. It was a really small incision, though. Like, if they don't have to sew it back up, it's got to be a small incision. I would think so. I would think so, too. I think that, I mean, I feel like donkey anatomy is probably a little different than goat anatomy, but I think that's pretty much like what my vet does with the goats. Because she said it's just like a little slice. And they just like pop right out, right? Yeah. Basically. Well, I didn't watch it because I was like, I'm a little squeamish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was by myself. So it's like, I've gotten a lot better since then. I feel like I could watch it now and be fine. But at the time, we had just like gotten the goats and it was poor little biscuit. I had to take them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Hmm. Oh, and this is, you're going to find this really fascinating. So when he pulled the balls out, he just like. He slit them open for some reason. I don't really know why. He, like, you know, like, filleted them open and then just, like, threw them in the grass. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I don't know why they needed to be slit, but. <laughs> yeah. And did, so I feel like I need to see a picture of that. Oh, yeah. So I have a picture of that. We'll We'll discuss. You know what? We'll put it in the Facebook group. But it'll be, like... I'll just write some words and then we'll put the photo in the comments so that people don't get surprised by it. (laughs) Surprise donkey balls. (laughs) There they are. Uh, One of our friends, he wanted me to save them and cook them. Oh my God. He would. He he would. Right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I thought about it because I was like, I mean, it is just me, I guess. So like, I mean, I've eaten some weird things. Right. And there's like such a thing as Rocky Mountain oysters, which is just like bull testicles. Exactly. So I feel like you should cook them up for him and make him eat them. <laughs> well, I already gave them to the redheaded vultures. So, oh, yeah, we lucky, threw them out into the field. Lucky little dudes. I know. <laughs> we were like, so what are we supposed to do with these things? And I looked at Jared and was like, I guess we'll just throw them in the field and we'll let the vultures get them. <laughs> circle of life that's how it works so we have a new corner this this week we do i feel like we're gonna have a house before we know it with right? all these corners so many corners uh sometimes in episodes we like to talk about just like things we found on the internet or things that we just think are super cool that we just like can't even so this is our we can't even corner Brad and Sam can't even. Welcome. 
<laughs> so Bev, I'll let you start this off because it was your idea. Um, so what can't you even about this week? So I can't even that people are bringing donkeys to their wedding <laughs> to serve <laughs> beer and wine and champagne and snacks. <laughs> I mean, when you sent me this article earlier in the week, I showed Matt and said, we need to do a vow renewal and we're going to do it at Bev and Jared's, whether they like it or not, because we can use Hercules to <laughs> <Absolutely>. do Absolutely. <this. laughs> and he would gladly, after a little bit of training. <laughs> we could do a double vow renewal. Oh, there we go. Yes. That would be fun. <laughs> it's all planned there. It's It, it will be so... Um, but it's really funny. I'll link to this article that we found in the show notes. And someone from the group, from our Facebook group, actually shared the same exact article in our group after I'd already sent it to Sam. <laughs> so yes. I was like, oh, darn it. The group's already going to be aware of this, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in the article, they said, what do people really want at their nuptials and how can we provide it? And someone may have said burritos, but everyone else heard burros. And then... <laughs> Some genius said beer burrows and hot damn if that's not how this beautiful wedding tradition is born. <laughs> so now these lovable, friendly animals are in high demand serving favors, snacks, and yes, beers at weddings and other special events. But I have an issue with them packing bubbly beverages because have you ever seen a donkey walk? Like, it's kind of jiggly. Yeah, it's not like a like a leisurely kind of stroll from what I you know can recall in all my donkey watching experiences. <laughs> it's a little rough. Like it would be kind of like strapping these things to your goats, except donkeys don't jump like goats, so maybe oh a little God. less intense. But you know, <laughs> like the goats, can, you know, they like move their shoulders. I'm moving my shoulders around in my hips and showing everybody how they don't walk very straight. You can't see me. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> I can't in my head now with that description. <laughs> and also, I want to know: Do the donkeys wear diapers? Because I want to know where the poop goes during the wedding. Oh, well, I can't imagine it's like much different than people having horses at their wedding. Oh, but true. Usually there's like a little catch bag by their butts. Okay, so that's a thing. Yeah. That so exists. maybe donkeys kind of have something similar. Yeah, because their poop is super gross. Like, is it, it? Like, yeah, it's like big and it like plops. Ew. It looks like giant cow patties. I don't know what horse poop looks like, but it's horse, not like Horse poop is poop. generally, I think, kind of like a little more mm, put together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like manure. Isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might just be Herc because, you know, he's just moved here. So yeah, his he might digestive have a little system might be a little, you know, yeah. it's a little green. It's a little loose. It's a little gross. Now Herc this has turned into poop corner. Yeah. So uh, what can't you even this week? So I did a little Googling this morning because I was like, what do I want to talk about? Um, and I found out, well, I kind of felt like I knew this, but Chris Pratt raises farm animals. Oh yeah. I totally like knew that. <laughs> major swoon for me because like Chris Pratt is like mm, one of my celebrity crushes. So now that I know like he raises farm animals and I know he's rubbed people kind of the wrong way for various reasons. I don't care. I still love him. Um, but it turns out on Thursday night, this past Thursday, 
Um, his 700-pound boar, Magnus, died. Oh. And he said, Rip Magnus, our magnificent, gentle Tamworth giant, fell ill and passed away two days ago. This was a hard one. He was as cuddly as a 700-pound boar could be. And then, in true Chris, Chris Pratt, you know, fashion, um, he threw in there, he had the biggest nuts of any mammal I'd ever seen in person. I'll miss seeing those bowling ball-sized tes- testicles waggle to and fro as he rooted for hazelnuts on, in the hay. Hashtag farmland. <laughs> I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it turns out that they have like chickens and lambs and goats and sheep and even a Texas Longhorn. Oh yeah. Um, and it turns out that one of his sheep um, had taken a home an award for her wool at the County Living's Expo Fiber Palooza at Washington State University, and he said. And he's quoted on Instagram saying, I hate when celebrities brag on here, but I have to. Our ew, named Cacao, just took home a blue ribbon at Fiberpalooza. Boom, chicka cow cow. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been hashtagged Homestead Humble Brag. Yes. So I just can't even that Chris Pratt is so funny and raises farm animals He's lucky he's engaged to, you know, Catherine Schwarzenegger (laughs) and that I'm married. Otherwise, I'd be all over that. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I love my husband, but hashtag hall pass. (laughs) I mean, Avengers hall pass. I mean, I feel like he can't be mad at me about that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think that's a tough one. I'll have to ask Jared how he feels about that later. (laughs) Follow up for next week. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So we don't have a farm story this week, but if you do have a farm story that you'd like to send in to us for us to read on the podcast, you can send them to drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We'll take all sorts of farm stories, funny farm stories, sad farm stories, farm stories we can learn something from. We like to learn from you guys as well and hear from your guys's experiences because you know sam and i we chat every week about how our farm life is going but we want to know how your farm life is going exactly so sam do you want to do the honors this week of reading our itunes review yes so this one's throwing it back a little bit kind of like the last one but this is from mrs fancy plants aka casey on june uh 26 2018 And she says, these chicks are clucking awesome. I stumbled upon the podcast the day of their first episode and have been hooked ever since. Their style is so casual and relaxed that you feel like you're having, hanging with friends with drinks. But I am also learning so much. Bev and Sam are very knowledgeable and thorough, but we'll also be honest and say, I'll have to double check that. Whatever your chores are, farm chores are doing the dishes, listening to them will make the work go by fast and with a smile on your face. Thanks, ladies, for leading me through my urban farm journey. That was Aww. awesome. Yeah, that's such a nice review. So thank you for leaving that. And if you'd like to leave us some lovely words, too, we wouldn't be mad about it. Not at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you can leave those words over on iTunes or any podcast player that lets you leave reviews itunes is the big one that that we're aware of but i'm sure there are others 
Yes. So Coop Camp dates have been announced. They are June 7th through 9th, and there is a link to that in the show notes. It's getting real because I just sent over, like, all the press stuff. Mm. For our... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we have press stuff now. <gasps> <laughs> so it's it's counting down. Come join us at Coop Camp. Yes, we're super excited. I mean, I, I'm getting a little nervous, but I'm we're, excited. We're going to do okay. We're excited. You yes. know what? Here's the thing. I heard this week. Anytime that you're starting to feel anxiety or nerves, you should just tell yourself, I'm excited. Because technically, the reaction your body has when you're nervous is the same one as excitement. Oh, so you can trick go. your body and brain into thinking you're excited. So that's what I'll go with. That's what I'm going to go with. Too. Very excited. <laughs> um, make sure you take our survey if you haven't yet. It gives you a chance to give us anonymous feedback. Link for that will be in the show notes. And join our Facebook group. There will be a link to that in the show notes as well. And apparently, pictures of her balls up there. So. Oh. If yeah, that's if you, what you're looking for, go check it out. Maybe that's just the final push for you to finally join that Facebook group. It might be. We don't judge. <laughs> Not at all. And like we said, review us in all the places. And if you really like us, download the episode when you listen and hit that subscribe button because those those numbers help us um, in a very free way. <laughs> yes, yes. And we have merch. There will be a link to both of our shops in the show notes. One of the shops, we have some super awesome stuff that Sam makes. And in fact, one of them is something new. I'm sure I'll have it on Instagram before this episode drops, but just in case you didn't see it yet, it's like a white koozie that has our logo on it. And it's yes. super adorable and very modern looking. And I love it. Yes. So there's that. And then we have like shirts and camping cups and all sorts of stuff in the other merch shop that like the pros make. Yeah. Because, you know, we both work full-time jobs and have our little farms. And do this podcast. Yeah. So we can't make everything everything. But I do enjoy making things for people. Somebody yes. ordered a half dozen of the wine tumblers. <laughs> yes. Which is amazing. It so is. I, I, I finished those up today and they'll go out in the mail tomorrow. So if you're listening, I hope you're enjoying those because you probably have them by now. <laughs> <laughs> And we have a hashtag. Use hashtag drink and farm on Instagram. Anytime you are drinking something you love and farming safely, like no drinking and using an ar- an auger, you know. Or, or a word chipper. That's what I've been doing all week. Wood chipper. Why did I say it so weird? Wood chipper. There we wood go. chapa. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we share those every Tuesday and Thursday and sometimes in our Instagram stories because we love seeing you guys drink and farm and hang out as a little community on the internet. Um, and this is your community and we want to share it with you and each other. So feel free to use that. Yeah. And thanks for listening guys. Yeah. This was, this was a fun one. I mean, they're always fun ones. I was going to say, honest. I feel like we say that a lot. This was a fun one. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we've hit like a groove. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, oh, heck yeah. We've kind of, we've been testing out different things and testing out like how serious should we go? Like how, like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but like we how have enough. corners we should have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it turns out it's a lot. I love yeah. corners. Corners are yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of fun stuff going on on our own farms and there's a lot of fun stuff going on, like out there on the internet in the farm world. So it's kind of made it easy. We fell into a groove. Yes. There we go. I like it. It's groovy. 
<laughs> groovy groovy corner <laughs> uh, so drink farm and, and give, give zero, zero clucks, clucks. <laughs> bye guys We drink things, we farm things, we drink and